Great. Am I I'm on? Sounds like I'm on. That's good. Always a bit of a question mark in my mind. Is my mic going to work initially? It's, it's a pleasure to be able to speak to you this morning and round off our series that we've been going through through the autumn on Thessalonians. And we've heard so much. I hope you've been encouraged through the term as we've gone through the series. We've heard so much, haven't we? We've heard Paul celebrate the way that the, uh, the Thessalonian church uh, um, believed the gospel message that Paul preached them and celebrate the way they passed it on in turn. We've also heard how Paul clarifies for the Thessalonians the, the future hope that they have in Christ and encourage them to hold on to that hope in the midst of distraction and persecution. And now, uh, the passage I'm going to talk about today at the end of 2 Thessalonians, we see Paul has some words um, on one specific area in which the Thessalonians can live out the hope that they have in Christ. And that area is in their, their work. And like all, everything we've looked at through the series already, uh, this, this Wisdom for Work, that's the title for the series, should be up on the slide shortly. This, this Wisdom for Work can be of help and encouragement to us today. I've got two points. Work is good, that's the first point. And the second point, work is not God. So work is good and work is not God. Uh, I'll read the passage and then, then we'll go on. But before I do, I just want to say, if, if you just heard what I've said, this is going to be, I'm going to speak about work, it's going to be a preach about work, and you're kind of thinking, oh, this doesn't, doesn't really apply to me, I just ask you, just bear with me. Uh, I trust that God is going to speak to all of us, everyone here, um, by his spirit, no matter what the particular circumstances are that we, we find ourselves in. In fact, I'll just pray now. Father, I just pray uh, over the next 20 minutes or so that you would give me by your spirit, the right words to say, and that you just be opening our, our, all of our hearts, all of our ears uh, to what you want to say to us uh, this morning. Yeah. Amen. So um, I'll be reading from uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, and starting at verse 6, and go through to verse 16. Uh, it says this, warning against idleness. Now we command you, brothers and sisters, in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that you keep away from anyone who is walking in idleness and not in accord with the tradition that you receive from us. For you yourselves know how you ought to imitate us, because we were not idle when we were with you, nor did we eat anyone's bread without paying for it. But with toil and labor we worked day and night that we might not be a burden to any of you. It was not because we do not have that right, but to give you in ourselves an example to imitate. For even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let them not eat. For we hear that some among you walk in idleness, not busy at work, but busy bodies, Now such persons we command and encourage in the Lord Jesus Christ to do their work quietly and earn their own living. As for you, do not grow weary in doing good. If anyone does not obey what we say in this letter, take note of that person. Have nothing to do with them that they may be ashamed. Do not regard them as an enemy, but warn them as a brother or sister. Now may the Lord of peace himself give you peace in all, at all times, in every way. The Lord be with you. 
So first point, work is good. I hope you caught that as I read the passage. Work is good. Paul writes in verse 13, do not grow weary in doing good. And that verse, of course, it doesn't mention work specifically. Verse 13 doesn't say work specifically. But we know and we can be confident from where that verse falls in the passage that the good that Paul is referring to is, at least in part, work. Work is good. Paul spent several lines exhorting the Thessalonians to work, not be idle, not be busybodies, to follow the example that he set for them when he was with them. Uh, Verses 7 to 8, Paul says, I worked hard with toil and labor day and night. Don't be idle. Don't be a busybody. And the reason we get this, we see this in verse 13, work is good. But what exactly, what exactly makes work good? Well, let's look at the terms that Paul kind of sets against it. What does he contrast work with? He uses these terms, doesn't he? Idle, busybody. And this suggests that work isn't good simply because it's kind of activity, the, the, the expansion of, of energy. It's something, something else there. I mean, busybodies, it's in the term, they're busy. They expend a lot of energy. They might move around a lot, do a lot of things. Idleness, idleness doesn't actually just mean sitting around or lying around. You can be moving or you can be active, but yet still be idle. So I think work has something to do with action or activity put into gear. That is why work is good. It's action, activity put into gear. We talk, don't we, about car engines idling. And in that circumstance, there's something going on under the bonnet. I'm not, I don't know much about cars. I don't know quite what's going on under the bonnet. But I know when a car is idling, right, there's something turning over. There's energy being expended. But it's, it's not doing anything. It's, it's not put into gear. It's not driving the car forward. And work is good because it is activity, I think, that is directed towards a constructive or productive end. And for Paul, this end is the kingdom of God. At the start of 1 Thessalonians, he praises the Thessalonians for the way that the gospel was sounding out from their church. You know, cast your minds back way back to September. Toby spoke on, on that passage. For Paul, the end is the kingdom of God. And work is good because it drives forward, drives things forward, drives the kingdom of God forward in the world. And uh, many here at King's are, are working, driving forward the kingdom of God in Norwich and uh, beyond. There are Sunday teams, King's Care, volunteers, life group leaders, life group overseers, the conference team, volunteers who lead groups during the week. I could go on and on and on. And this is all you know, what Paul calls in, in Philippians, fruitful labor, energy, effort put into gear for the glory of God. Um, For Paul here, though, a particular focus seems to be on work that we today in our culture might call paid work in the secular world. He's he's interested, it seems to me anyway, uh, in work that enables people to provide for themselves, their basic, earn their basic needs, earn their own living, in the words that Paul uses in the in the passage. And Paul seems to want to say that this too is fruitful labor. It advances the kingdom. It is energy, it's effort put into gear. 
And we talked a lot recently uh, at King's on Sundays in other contexts about getting involved uh, in the life of the church or perhaps getting involved in what's going on with RM, Relational Mission, our wider family of churches. And that's all right and good. It's all energy, efforts you know, directed towards advancing God's kingdom. But we shouldn't neglect the work that goes on outside of the church, you know, the work that goes on perhaps that's not under the banner kind of explicitly of King's Community Church, right? We need to have, uh, bear in mind, people in workplaces, in what we might call secular workplaces. This activity, it drives forward God's purposes, uh, drives forward the purposes of our church, the part that we play as a church in seeing God's kingdom come in the world. Dave Devonish said a few weeks ago that Christians in workplaces are seeds sown in the world that can grow up and affect change in their surroundings. If he, uh, he was visiting us at the start of November, so if you missed that talk, do go back and, and listen to it. Seeds sown in the world that can affect change. And as I thought about you know, Dave Devonish's word and as I read this passage, I just felt God wanted to encourage people in their work, work away from the church, people in workplaces. Um, you know, I know many are facing challenges, you know, NHS, schools under pressure, businesses grappling with the impacts of COVID. The new variant is obviously creating more uncertainty. Um, you know, I feel just God will say, what you do in your workplaces and all its variety it's important, it's a value, it drives forward the kingdom on the earth, it is activity, energy put into gear, it's fruitful, fruitful labor. Um, I might just, I'm just going to pray actually for people in the, in the workplace, I don't know if you want to join me, um, uh, you know, just give an, give an amen maybe, I just pray that if you just by your spirit help everyone here uh, in the workplace and their battles there, their toils there, we ask that as each one and remembers who you are and what you've done for us through Christ, they'll be able to bring a kingdom through their work. They bring the scent of the kingdom, the flavor of the kingdom. Let our work not just be empty activity, just getting by, but just let the gospel, Father, ring out through what we do in our workplaces. So why exactly is this kind of work good? Why is this labor good? Well, Paul gives us some idea. I mean, it's a means of, of loving neighbor, such as they experience something of the love of God that God has for us in Christ. Paul writes uh, in, in verse 8 about working with to, uh, toil and labor um, in order that we might not be a burden. So he wanted to work and labor so he wouldn't be a burden to the Thessalonians. So this work, earning a living, uh, enables us not to place undue burdens on others. It's a way of, of blessing them. You know, we can release people through, uh, through our labor in the workplace. Of course, it's, it's good to give, and obviously uh, working enables this as well. Paul writes in, a let, in, a let, in his letter to the Ephesians, uh, he writes, do something useful uh, with your own hands that, they may have, that you may have something to share with those in need. So in these ways, work, paid work, it enables us to bless others. It enables us to show uh, the, love for, the love that God uh, has for others in Christ. Okay. It's, it's 
It's a way of showing love. It's a means of loving neighbor. Work is good. More than this, though, work, uh, whether it's paid work, actually, whether it's in the church or outside the church, in its very doing, it speaks of the character of God. Paul, uh, steeped in the Old Testament, knew that God is a creating, sustaining, caring, and ordering God. He's not a passive God. He's not an idle God. He's a God who intervenes. He's a God who works. We read this in Genesis and throughout the the whole of Scripture. And when we work, we reflect a family resemblance to God the Father as creator, sustainer, cultivator, artists, farmers, care workers, caretakers, shop floor assistants. Just by doing your job well, you say something about who God is. By driving forward a particular purpose in your workplace, you're driving forward the greater purpose of showing who God is, of letting the gospel ring out on the, on the earth. And Paul touches on this in 1 Thessalonians, uh, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. He says, You should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life may win the respect of outsiders. When we work well, people cannot help but be attracted to it, because in our work, we're reflecting something of who God is in all these ways. It's a creator, sustainer, carer. Work is good because it is activity that drives forward the kingdom of God in the world. If you're faithfully volunteering around kings, if you're doing a job, hospital, school, in a business, you drive forward. You're driving forward the kingdom of God in the world. Now, to say work is good for these reasons isn't to say it's not, it's not to say it's not hard. If it were easy, Paul would not have to encourage the Thessalonians not to tire of doing good, as he does, does in verse 13. One commentator uh, says, it wasn't false teaching or misunderstanding that caused the Thessalonians to leave off work, but work in its difficulty that prompted them to seek out teaching that would justify them stopping work. Are you ever tempted to maybe not quit entirely, but you know, slack off, maybe shift down, you know, slip out of, of gear, just, just get by? The Bible tells us that struggle with work is one way in which the brokenness of the world manifests itself. The project doesn't come off, the team is shorthanded, the IT system doesn't work, the shift pattern is punishing, the review is is negative, the review is bad. Work is hard, yet the hope that Paul holds out to us here is that by persevering, we participate in the advance of the kingdom of God. It's restoration work, undoing of all that is wrong, around us. As we remember what God has done through us, for us through Jesus to reconcile us back to him, we are able to engage in work in all its challenges in a way that glorifies him and brings the kingdom to earth. So that's my first point. Work is good. So I'm going to have to take another drink. <laughs> my mouth gets a bit dry when I... And I'm speaking sometimes. Okay, first point, work is good. Second point, though, work is not God. Work is good. It drives forward the kingdom of God in the world. It's effort, it's energy put into gear for the purposes of God. But work itself is not God. What do I mean by that exactly? Well, I mean that work cannot do for us, ultimately, what only God can do for us. 
The Bible teaches that the brokenness of the world, including the brokenness of work, is caused by a broken relationship between humankind and God. Humankind has rebelled against God and against his plan for our work. And we're only reconciled to God through his son, Jesus Christ. Like That's the truth that was coming through so many of these songs. Uh, we didn't plan this, but there was such great gospel truth coming through those songs. And the message is we're only reconciled back to God. We're only healed. We're only made whole through his son, Jesus Christ. Our work does not accomplish this. We can only work because God grants it to us to do so. Our work, whether in church, outside the church, it doesn't grant us anything from God. And at the start of this letter, to the start of 2 Thessalonians, Paul makes this clear, chapter 1, verse 11. He writes, To this end we always pray for you, that our God may make you worthy of his calling and may fulfill every resolve for good and every work of faith by his power. May God make you worthy of his calling. Let's read it again. May God make you worthy of his calling and may God fulfill every resolve for good and every work. Now, I spoke a short time ago about work being good because it's activity, energy directed to a purpose. It's put into gear. To elaborate on this picture, perhaps to elaborate on the picture of the car a bit more, this verse, I think, tells us who exactly puts us into gear. It's God that puts us into gear. It's only as we reflect on all God is, all he's done for us through Christ, and as we let ourselves be guided by the word and spirit, that we're able to act, able to direct our energies in a way that glorifies him and brings his kingdom about on the earth. It's only as we're attentive to God by his spirit that we're able to find out how to work. And I think this is a point is important for for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think it has implications for those that are frustrated or disillusioned because they cannot be working more, perhaps not just in paid work, but you know, might be wanting to volunteer, and they, they can't do it for some reason. I think you know, particularly people suffering perhaps long-term ill health, you know, people like my, my, my mother, some of you know my mother's situation, but not able to work for 20, 20 years, long-term uh, health problems, you know, stopping people from working. Verse 10 of the passage uh, says, for even when we were with you, we would give you this command. If anyone is not willing to work, let him not eat. Unfortunately, unfortunately, verses like this have often been twisted to belittle and devalue those who are not, for whatever reason, able to work as they might want to. And we need to guard against that error. This verse does not say those unable should not eat. I, I just believe that God would say to those who are frustrated that they can't be working more, they can't be doing more, they're held back perhaps by an ill, Ill health, uh, a relational situation perhaps, or, or economic, uh, economic issues. I would believe God would say to you, you are of value, and what you do what you do drives forward the kingdom of, of God. What you can do drives forward the kingdom of God on the earth. You might not feel like it, but, but it does. God sets different ones on different roads. There are different calls, as that passage from the start of 2 Thessalonians that I just read implies. God may have you working in a low gear uh, now because the road you're climbing is very steep. And I don't know much about cars, but I know from experience that if you try to go up a steep hill in a high gear, you don't get very far. You know, God may have you in a low gear at the moment, 
um, because you're climbing a steep hill. You, know, the, you may not feel like the work you're doing is, is very productive, that it's not driving anything forward, but it is of value to God and his kingdom purposes. I don't pretend to know why these difficult roads are as they are, but I do know uh, that as we, as we work through them, as we travel them faithful to God, we do play a part in his purposes. Um, I just feel to, to pray again, actually, for the, you know, just this group of people who I've just mentioned. I pray, Father, for anyone who is held back from working in the way they might want, maybe some sick, others constrained by other circumstances. Lord, I pray right now that you would assure them of their value to your kingdom purposes. Help them to see how they can fulfill every resolve for good uh, exactly where they are. Yeah. Amen. And the second reason it's vital to remember work is not God is because it helps perhaps those here, or those of us who are, feel like they're constantly caught up in activity or working too hard, working very hard. Work is hard because the world is, is broken, but we make it harder when we make work God. Let us tell us who we are and what our value is. And I think when we do this, we do often end up over overworking. And the way, it's, it's a way in which our kind of rebellion against God manifests itself. Sometimes it will be appropriate to press ourselves and exhort others not to tire of work, not to tire of doing good. Paul says in the passage, sometimes we need to stop idling and let God get us into gear. But we also need to ask ourselves if we're tiring of work, if it's grinding us down, if, whether, whether that's the case because it ha- work has a power over us that it should not. Do I define myself against how well I'm doing, what promotions uh, I, I have, I've, I've gotten? And do I define ourselves against how long we are working? Do the wages or other kinds, of, other kinds of benefits that we get from work have more sway over our sense of self-esteem, sense of security, than who God says we are? Has work become our God? And I think at times it, it has for me. It's, it's seductive. Perhaps some of us need to heed God's hand on our lives and shift down some gears, change gear again to go back to that, that picture of the car. Now, I know this isn't, uh, it's not easy. There are orders to meet and patients to see. There are Sunday morning meetings, church meetings to plan. We need, we need discernment as we approach our work lives. We, we may need courage, too. Uh, I'm aware that shifting gears at work can, in some cases, put our, our livelihoods uh, at risk. And for these reasons, can I suggest, you know, we, we help each other. You know, we seek God on this, but we also help each other to seek God on this. Maybe in life groups, let's help each other discern what we should be doing, uh, where we should be directing our, our energies in the different circumstances we find ourselves in. Let's help each other find what is fruitful labor for the season that we're in. Let's ask and help each other find the right gear. And let's also be prepared to stand with people who make courageous decisions to change their working lives, to shift gears. Ban, do you want to come back up? Um, I want to finish with this. We were singing a, a great song earlier, earlier on about the freedom that we have uh, in Christ, the freedom that we find in Christ. And I didn't know that song was going to be played, but um, it's interesting, and you'll understand why when I, when I, when I read this. So one jobs website I went on uh, when I was preparing this talk had, 
had a, had a banner kind of across the headline banner, you know, the kind of titles of these websites, you know, you get these big banners. And on that kind of website banner was written, freedom is finding the right job. So it's on a jobs website, freedom is finding the right job. And it, it struck me that, in a way, given the passion with which Paul has exhorted the Thessalonians to work, we might almost expect Paul to end the passage and end, end his letter with a similar statement. You know, freedom is finding the right job. Or Thessalonians, may you find freedom in your work. Thessalonians, may you find peace in your work. May your work fulfill you. Paul, though, knew that while work is good and it can provide a freedom of sorts for a time, it can provide fulfillment of sorts for a time. Work is not God. Freedom from worry, anxiety, all that would uh, ruin us is ultimately found in God through Christ Jesus. Paul ends his letter with, not with, not with may you find freedom in your work, uh, but with this wonderful line. This is verse 16. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace in all times in every way. The Lord be with you all. May the Lord of peace himself give you peace at all times, in every way. And Father, I pray that over us now. Lord, we ask that you would give us peace in all our endeavors, wherever they, might be, they may be. Lord, give us peace in all times, in every way. Amen.